Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Delighted to be joined today on this Talk from the Terrace show by Japanese-based journalist Dan Orlowitz, and I hope I pronounced the correct Dan, uh, Philadelphia-born, uh, uh, but based in Japan. You write for the, J- the Japanese Times or the Japan Times, and you've been over there since 2006, so you'll, you'll, be, you'll know a lot more about Japanese football than most of my viewers or listeners. Dan, um, the reason why we're talking is we, didn't, we never heard of each other, and I never heard of Anjay, who we've been calling him, but to give him his full title, Andrzej Pasta Koglu, and I hope I pronounced it correctly, we've never heard of him, from Japan, um, the J-League, we look over there and we see one of our heroes, Shinsuke Nakamura, who came to Scotland from Italy, and we didn't know a hell of a lot about him either, unless you were into Italian football, and he lit up not only Scotland, but some famous nights in Europe, those free kicks against Man United, he won us a league in Kilmarnock. Some goals he scored against Rangers. He became a hero. And I'm su- I suppose back then, there was eyebrows raised to why are we signing him? And by God, what a player he turned out to be. I believe he's still playing, coming to the end of his career. Dan, before, uh, yeah, Dan, before we get into Ange, can we just have a little update on our good friend over there, Nakamura? Well, I mean, first, Andrew, thank you for having me. Uh, it, it is, it's a pleasure to have this opportunity to, to connect with uh, all, all the Celtic fans. And it's an exciting time uh, for us who, who cover uh, the J-League and Japanese football. Uh, Shinsuke is still at it. Uh, he is uh, currently playing with Yokohama FC uh, in the first division. And uh, he just recorded his uh, 400th appearance in the Japanese top flight. It's 400 J1 appearances, which isn't something that happens very often. Uh, he hasn't played that often this season. Uh, he's got four appearances so far. You know, I think he is reaching the end of things. 42 years old. Uh, his, his body isn't what it once was, but uh, he's still got the foot. He's still got the leg, and when, when he's on target, it, it is absolutely something to see. Yeah, there's not many players can open a can of beans with the left foot, and that's what he was described as. 
But we're here to talk about more serious things than, than to reminisce. We leave Nakamura for the history podcast. Um, okay, so so you, you're well aware now, I would imagine, that um, Eddie Howe, was, we were strung along for 10 weeks. Did Eddie Howe string along the club? We believe he did. Others, but other, others in the fan base believe that the, the club got really wrong. You know, from a personal point of view, if if you can't, you know, decide you want to be Celtic manager within a week or two, well, then maybe you're not the man for us because it's we look at we look at ourselves as a massive club, which we are historically, but we play in a, we play in a league where it's a two-horse race, and second is not good enough, and winning and Progression in Europe is where we judge our managers. And Neil Lennon had many critics. He'd done very well. He had the season from hell last, last year. Probably hung around too long for his own, his own well-being because he was replacing Brendan Rodgers, who many fans called a rat when he left because he left overnight for Leicester. Other fans believe it was a breakdown between him and the board, and in particular the chief executive officer, Peter Lawwell. But for whatever reason, he left. And many of us believe that the club hasn't moved forward since then. So the pressure, whatever manager comes in, is going to be huge. And no disrespect to the J-League. But I heard you, Dan, saying that there's seven or eight teams competing each season for that title, which is brilliant for the fans, brilliant for the clubs. But but it it gave Dan... I gave, sorry, it gave Ange, I'm making up me Dan's and me Ange's, it gave Ange time to build a team to win a league. He may not be given that team in Glasgow if, and it's if, he becomes Celtic manager. Forsy, can you just paint a, a picture of us, a brief picture of the Japanese league and how he's done since he's come there and where he is in regard of managers within that league? Well, it is difficult, you know, to to compare the, the J League to uh, the Scottish Premiership. Uh, as, as you say, you you are dealing with a two horse race uh, with with ten other teams running behind. Uh, here, uh, we have traditionally it's an eighteen team top flight. Uh, this year, we're at twenty because of the pandemic, uh, and it is incredibly competitive. Uh, we do have as many as seven or eight teams who go into the season. Uh, with a legitimate shout to finish in first. Usually there's even one or two wild cards who just come out of nowhere and defy expectations. And on a week-to-week basis, it's a fairly open league. Just no matter who's playing who, you can't take any match for granted. Uh, If you want to get into the statistical side of things, uh, there's the website 538, and they have their global uh, football club ranking. And... uh, uh, 12 J-League teams uh, rank above uh, the, the, the fourth place in uh, Scotland, which I believe was Aberdeen. So <laughs> that's, that's where we're at. And, and Kawasaki Frontale, who are the defending champions, are about even with Celtic. I think Celtic's 101st, Kawasaki was in the 90s, now they're 103rd. So for all intents and purposes, they're about even. So that's the level. Um, we certainly don't have two teams who are far and above the best. We don't have a two-horse race. We, we've never really had a two-horse race uh, for, for more than a season. Uh, there's just so much turnover in this league. Uh, we have so many young Japanese stars who are going to Europe year after year. 
uh, we have uh, very difficult demands that are placed upon our top teams uh, because of the Asian Champions League and all of the travel that you know that that involves it's one thing for Celtic to go over and play Manchester United on a Wednesday night it's another thing for Yokohama F Marinos to fly to Sydney play on a Wednesday fly back and then play in the J League on a Sunday uh, I mean that 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 is you know that's an eight-hour flight you get the same flying to to China uh, to Thailand when you're getting to the to the the finals, going all the way to Saudi Arabia and back, and, and we don't get the scheduling considerations that a lot of clubs in the Champions League in the in the European Champions League would. So it, it is tough to compare it one on one, and I, I think that. Uh, the quality of play in Japan uh, is impressive. It is a, a very different kind of game uh, from what you will be used to in Scotland. It does rely less on physicality. Uh, our, our defending is not as good as you will see in some European countries. Uh, but uh, the agility, the technique, uh, the skill is pound for pound. I, I've, I've had this argument on, on Twitter. Uh, it, the J League being a top 10 league worldwide, not top five, not even top six, but somewhere in the lower reaches of the top 10 is absolutely not an unreasonable statement uh, when you look at the depth, uh, you know, when you look at the overall quality from first to last place, uh, when you look at, at the level of the players we're bringing up, and when you look at the clubs overall as a whole in terms of their grassroots setup, their academies, their financial picture. So... We are playing at a let's let's say a lower level than Celtic than than Rangers. Uh, you know, if you, if you want to average things out, but if you want to compare the league to say Belgium, to Portugal, even to Holland, uh, I, I think Japan uh, can be very proud of the level it stands at. No, we want to get we want to get the roll down. On Ange, okay, because he's become known as Ange because the second name is uh, we're struggling with. And as I said, we we never heard of him Dan until this week, or maybe maybe some people did. One person connected with Celtic that did um, know about him was Scott McDonald because Scott's seen at the end of his career. Right? He's back in Australia, but obviously he was he was the, he was the villain toned hero of Celtic because you know he. He played for Motherwell. We we lost the league on the last day of the season, and then he came to us and proved proved that he could compete at a very high level in the Champions League. Now, he said he never picked me, so you know, he, obviously he's a bee in his bonnet. But he also said he's a very good coach and a great tactician, which is which kind of you know, Brendan Rodgers type of. You know, these are kind of compliments that Brendan Rodgers would have received when he came. And I also spoke to to, to Jim Riley, who's, who's a Celtic fan based in Sydney. And Jim's been been around a long time and seen a lot of Celtic and seen a lot of Australian football. And he he and I, I'm just going to read what he he sent me. He said he's a decent manager who has won a few things in Australia. He won the Asian Cup. He got Australia to the 2018 World Cup. But being a manager in Australia and Japan would be a cakewalk compared to the Goldfish Bowl of Glasgow and dealing with the media that is biased against Celtic. And, and, you know, some people call us paranoid, but we do believe the media is, has been biased for over a century against our team. 
But you, you're watching this guy, you know, you're watching this team. And when I heard you first, I think it was on Sky News, you had said, you know, this guy is, is he likes to attack. He's a very attacking, which is very exciting for us. It's the type of football we want to see played. But we've had a shocking defensive record this year. We can't, you know, we can't defend a set piece for our, to save our lives. So, although it's great to score goals, but if it's not, if it's not, you know, happening the other end, if we're not defending straight away, Jan just going to be. If he does come, he's going to be under serious pressure to gap those, you know, to to plug that gap in the defence. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm 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 not going to say that his his defensive record at Marinos uh, ha- has been stellar. Uh, the first season was a tribulation in some ways. Um, I, I understand that, that he, I, I keep hearing about this goldfish bowl. Uh, it sounds like a very nice goldfish bowl, but it, but it is, um, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. And, uh, he is absolutely, uh, not going to experience the same environment that he has in Japan. Uh, our media is, tame by comparison. Our media is toothless by comparison. Uh, rarely uh, will you have writers, you know, putting out 700 word screeds against a player or a manager, just sort of not done. It's uncouth. Uh, but he has done very well. Uh, you know, whenever he is, is pushed on by uh, the media here to justify his style of play, uh, he has absolutely stood firm just been unapologetic it's it's always about his philosophy his game plan this is what it is uh i think i said on sky there's plan a and then there's plan b and you know what plan b is plan b is just do plan a better um which i think some people will take to assume that well he, he has no backup plan but uh the reality is that i think that Ange has uh, this vision uh, of this very attractive, very beautiful attacking style of football. And he's looking to figure out how to achieve that. And it may take some tinkering. And I, I think that we did see that uh, between those, the 2018 and the 2019 seasons. Uh, he had a goalkeeper, uh, who uh, I- uh, Ikara, who, who just wasn't cut out for that sort of sweeper role, brought in Park, and you saw things really start to improve along the back. Uh, it's about making those incremental changes and using the strength of the team's scouting network, especially the resources that they had through City Football Group. And he, he found just a great selection of players, didn't really, didn't reshape the core, but brought in the players that they were clearly missing and it, it improved the defense to the point where the offense could carry the day. I don't think you need to go in and say that, well, we need a defense capable of putting up clean sheets game after game. I think you need an offense that will get you your, the, you know, that will look at the XG and say, yeah, we're going to meet that or we're going to beat that. And then that momentum can carry the day. Yeah, well, we hope. And when you say that, I know we got rid of a goalkeeper that couldn't play the sweepers role. That 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 takes me back to to Brendan Rodgers as well, um, because Brendan Brendan done the same. He, he he brought in his one of his own goalkeepers, Doris, the freeze that didn't walk out, and um, then but Craig Garden, who who he kind of put as his number two, he 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 learned pretty quick how to play the system, and you know he he became 
probably a goalkeeper we, we got rid of maybe too too early because he was coming you know to the end of his career but he went to Hearts and now he's back in the in the top flight with them. So that that's a disappointment. So yeah, that's an interesting fact. Now he's also going to be coming in Dan too. You know, we lost a very historical season last season. We were going for ten titles in a row. Both ourselves and Rangers had had we done nine and falsely, then they done nine and we stopped them. And then we done it again. But you know, we were in the driving in the driving seat because as one Scottish comedian put it's not a two horse race anymore it's show jumping that's how far ahead we were of Rangers and somehow um, we, we believe that the board dropped the ball the people running the club just took the right off the ball got complacent and we've now seen we now have a, have a he will now if he does come he will now be employed by a board who the fans do not speak to anymore because they don't trust him and then from that, we also have a divided fan base who can't agree on a strategy. Or, you know, do we become shareholders? Do we stay as season book holders? You know, we can't. And we will be divided over the manager. And if he doesn't hit... I remember when Brendan Rodgers came in, we were in Gibraltar. His first game, a beautiful sunny day, playing a team of amateurs or semi-pros, enjoying, enjoying the cocktails in the sun, now, I went to the game, a, a terrible, terrible artificial surface. You know, a bounce of a ball and we're beating 1-0. And th- there was only maybe probably a 1,000 fans there. It wasn't a big, huge travelling group. And boy, Jesus, 80% of them were rattling, were rattling you know, the, the wire. At the, they were giving out hell. and giving us thinking. Now, Brendan probably knew then, look, I know I can beat this team and back at Celtic Park. But it was a baptism of fire. But Brendan is Irish. He, he, you know, he's been based in Britain all his life. He knew what he was coming into. You know, that's what worries me. You know, if, if, if Ange does come in, you know, what he's going to face. And I believe that we need to give him time if he comes in. But, unfortunately, time isn't on the side when you're Celtic manager. Because, as I said, being second to Rangers is being last. I, I I definitely get that sense uh, that everyone agrees with the principle of giving Ange time, but nobody seems to think that that time exists. Um, I, I think that Ange, he is very smart. Very, very, very smart. And I would, would, I would tend to give him the benefit of the doubt in that if he is going for this role he absolutely knows what he's going what he's in for uh certainly you know you, you can't compare the atmosphere that that he he's worked under in the in japan to scotland and to, to to celtic not by a long shot uh i think he has dealt with slings and arrows during his time in australia uh you know he he was tested uh by their media when when he was in charge of their national team when he was in the a league uh the the media down there is not necessarily uh football friendly and even the ones who are football friendly you know that they they can't seem to really get on the same page most of the time so you know that the, the the sport is very much developing there and and uh, fighting itself in addition to fighting off cricket Nazi rules and and, and rugby so it, it, it's a very he, he's been raised in, in a very unique environment uh, but 
I think that the style of football that his teams play uh, speaks for itself. And inevitably, if he goes into it and is able to tune everything out, because I think that that's sort of what you have to do. I don't think that you can attach your, at, at this point in his position, I'm not sure that you can attach yourself to the fan base uh, and, and deal with that in addition to revitalizing the team. I just think you have to tune everything out, put on the blinders and focus on what's on the pitch. And he's very good at that. Uh, you see that from how he operates at press conferences. Uh, as I said before, uh, he is just unapologetic about how he plays. Uh, he makes no excuses when the team doesn't do well. Uh, he he takes responsibility when they have a bad result, and he is absolutely willing to say that when his players don't live up to his standard. And I, I think that that's what you guys need right now. I think you need someone who's able to call it as it is. And it may even be better to have uh, someone who is considered an outsider uh, to come in and shake things up. Because from everything that I've heard about the club, it sounds like that Celtic needs a shakeup. We, we we certainly do. And if he's coming, tell him to bring a magic wand and some magic dust because we've got a, an almighty task on our hands to qualify for the Champions League. We go in as as non-champions. Um, we, we you know, the likes of Galatasaray, um, I think, Austria Vienna, you know, it does... does and, and and a team in Denmark, so that, that's you know normally when we go into the Champions League, we get a warm up game. You know we're playing maybe the Icelandic champions, or as I said, we went to Gibraltar, you know Luxembourg, you know real minnow countries. But it's going to be like Liam Kelly, one of the lads that rides for us. I think he hit the, he hit the nail on the head. He says when he said if we if we get through these three three games as unseeded to qualify for the Champions League, he says we should be looking at winning it because that's how hard it is. It's probably going to be harder to get through than it would be maybe to compete in the group, which which there is. And what's happening over here now is the elite clubs are getting the the the, the bandwidth now is getting wider. You've got the elite clubs playing in the in, in the bigger leagues, and and that's a problem you see because the English league and English supporters look down their nose towards the Scottish league, and sometimes English players come up from the English league as this season with Shane Duffy with us. Joey Barton at Rangers a couple of years. They come up and they think they're going to shake up this league because they 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 played at a higher standard, and they don't realise the tempo of the game, the pressures that come from playing for either club, and they 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 fall in the ass. Now, when we compete against English teams, Man City, you know we we two great battles with Man City in recent years under Brendan, and going back further, you know we we beat Blackburn, we beat Liverpool, we. You know, we've beaten Man United. We, we, we've tended to, you know, do ourselves proud when we come up against English teams. But they seem to look down on those. And you also get to debate, oh, it's a one-off game. You wouldn't, blah, blah, blah. And I think we are guilty as Celtic fans looking towards Japan and looking towards Australia. And maybe, especially Japan, and maybe looking down on those on that league when we shouldn't be. Because you've explained that it's a competitive league. And because we are not watching it day in, day out, which you are following the league. So I do think there's, there's a bit of that within the, within the support. Had he been managing an English team, 
and ha and having the success he's having over in Asia, we'd probably be jumping through hoops to get him. But we we, we you know we're probably a bit snobby with this one, uh, and that and that could prove to be you know a bad decision on our behalf because you know if he loses a game or two, we'd be torn on. But we go back to 1998 when we stopped the ten, and a manager came in called Wim Janssen. Now we knew Wim. Wim was Wim was a very famous Dutch player. But when he came in, he'd no pre-season because he came in late. He had a terrible start of the season, but he turned it around. He won the league cup. He done a double. He won the league cup, and he, you know, the ultimate last day of the season, he stopped the ten, and he moved on then. But he he was a hero, he, and he still is a hero. And if if this man can come from Japan and come into Glasgow and do that, well, you know, and and from where sitting here next year, if we're champions. You know, your words will be ringing in my ear because you were the one that told me, you know, Ange is the man. And do you think he's going to come? Where? What are you hearing over there? Because Celtic are very, very quiet over here because of what happened with the Eddie Howe negotiations. So we are getting, you know, the only thing that's coming out of Celtic at the moment is an invite to the women's team press conference because that's a good bit of news this week because... If they win on Sunday against Motherwell, well, they qualify for the Champions League, and that's a great, that's a, that's a great achievement by the girls. So that's the only thing we're getting. We're getting, you know, we, we don't we don't even know who's in control of the football matters at the club. We presume it's John Kennedy, the interim manager, and his backroom team. But as yet, I've emailed Celtic, I've called them, and and as yet, the only correspondence I'm getting them is about the women's league. So unfortunately, we're not. But over there, you are probably getting some news coming from his Japanese club. Well, right now, uh, as of this recording, and, and uh, here it, it is uh, late on a Thursday, on Thursday afternoon, uh, June the third, uh, we have not heard anything uh, from Marinos. Uh, they are, I mean, Japanese clubs. When it comes to transfer rumors, especially when it comes to coaches leaving, uh, they are amazingly good at keeping things pretty close to the vest. And uh, part of that is just because of the relationship that they have with uh, our mass media. And another part of it is that given the the conditions uh, with state of emergency, uh, they can get away with not yeah not communicating with us, uh, especially right now uh, because we're on an international uh, match week, and Marinos' uh, next game will be in Sapporo on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in a League Cup uh, playoff game. So I am apt to think my, my uh, I won't, I hesitate to say guess, but my belief is that I don't think that they want to put off a decision until uh, that game. I, I, I think that they had, I was the one who asked Ange about the reports on Sunday. I don't think they want to have someone ask about it for a second weekend, weekend in a row. Uh, that becomes a distraction to the club. Uh, I think that they have a lot on their plate. Uh, they have to figure out who's going to replace him uh, in the short term and the long term. Uh, they're probably uh, working out details with Celtic in terms of, of 
a payment uh, just just for his breach of contract. Uh, they're probably working on the uh, farewell merchandise. Uh, that's gonna come out, and, and I'm sure that the, the, the club merchandise. farewell merchandise. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Thank you, boss. <laughs> Guarantee it. There's gonna be t-shirts. There's gonna be the towels. There's gonna be a commemorative uniform. There's gonna be the commemorative photo frame and keychain. The mug. The beer. You know, the the. I promise you, I will. I will send you a T-shirt. <laughs> um, I look forward send, to receiving it. Uh, you, you know what? If you want to trade, I'll, I'll get you. I'll get you the thank you box scarf, and you can send me a, a Celtic scarf. I'll I will, send I will, you. I'll it, send you over a box of goodies. Dear, deal, deal. Um, no, that 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 absolutely. Please, they put out. If Jamie, that happened in Glasgow, sorry. If that happened in Glasgow after. Uh, Neil Lennon left, or Brandon Rogers left. The, the windows of the Silverstone would have been put in. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, but but again, I, I I think that illustrates what a different atmosphere uh, we're in. Players get merch for their hundredth J one game for you know two hundred, three hundred, four hundred. They yeah, I can understand game. that. I can understand that. Yeah, but no, oh. thank you, thank you, boss, because you know what? He got them their first title in fifteen years, and he damn well deserves it. Um, they should put up, you know, if he if he'd gotten a second title, they would put up a statue of him at at Nissan Stadium, um, and he would have earned it. Uh, he is, you know it doesn't take much to leave a legacy here, uh, but he has gone above and beyond, uh, not just in terms of the title, but in terms of what he has done uh, to uh, create a positive image surrounding the club and to establish a vision. And I think that whoever comes after Ange is going to have a very difficult time filling his shoes because uh, this is a, an organization that is built around executing his vision on the pitch. And it is incredibly difficult as a foreign manager to come to Japan and have that happen. Um, normally, if, you, if, you're, if you're a foreign coach and you come here, they may be riding on your expertise and your CV, uh, but you are expected to follow what the front office wants in term in terms of transfer policy, in terms of having a budget. You know, you do have to step in line a bit, but that isn't what's happened in Yokohama. Uh, the the organization has helped him get what he wants in terms of, of player targets, in terms of uh, the kind of players he's looking for, in in terms of uh, just everything, in terms of the training environment, and. Uh, it does take someone, you know, you, you do have to do a lot to get that situation. I think part of it is because of the influence of CFG. Uh, they, they do have, it's, it's close to a 20% stake in Marinos. Uh, but part of it is also that, you know, he's, he, he's got a, this, this I, I hesitate to call it a magnetic personality because he can be quite gruff at times, uh, but he makes you want to believe in him. And uh, the club did, and they were they were rewarded for it. You saw that after 2018. Some fans were nervous, but nobody decided, well, we're going to, like, no, he never lost the locker room, and he never lost uh, the stands. And... What way does the structure walk there, Dan? Um, just before we wrap up, what way does the structure walk over there? Does, does he have a director of football? 
you know, did he bring his own backroom team in? Did he inherit some? Did did he have a, you know, a kind of a one of the the Japanese coaches in the dugout with him as well? Because like ideally, if 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 he was coming to you know Celtic, because we don't have a director of football at the moment, we don't have a chief scout because they've he's left, Nick Hammond has left, um, so we'd be kind of looking, you know. It looks like we will have a director or a sporting director or a director of some kind of football matters. That's what the rumour is, but it's possible at the moment at Celtic. But, you know, when Brendan was there and Martin O'Neill and Gordon Strachan, they always had the back rooms. They always brought out trusted lieutenants in. But, you know, there was, you know, Gordon Strachan and Tommy Bones, Martin O'Neill and Tommy Bones at the start. They always had someone, you know, who knew the club with them, especially for the fourth season, which I presume that if he does come in, that Ange would, that would be part of it. But we've been very critical when Neil took the job, he was given a backroom team. And, you know, I think that when the shit hit the fan this year, this season, that maybe he didn't have someone in that dressing room that he could trust. So I be, would be expecting if Ange came, he would bring his backroom team with him, which is also a, a big thing for... For, for for the club for the, for you know for his Japanese club, but has he got uh, his own Australian, you know, coaching setup with him? Uh, yeah, it's mostly uh, Australian and and uh, non non Japanese coaches. Uh, he had they have interpreters on the staff. Uh, they have an English language interpreter. They have a, a Portuguese interpreter for the Brazilian players. They have a Thai interpreter for their Thai defender. Um, I, I'm pretty sure they had a Korean interpreter at some point for Park, uh, although maybe one of the English interpreters doubled it up. Uh, I, I've we we are are very uh, used to to non Japanese managers coming in and and you you will see a couple people uh, on the on the touchline shouting instructions. Uh, in fact, a few years ago they actually banned interpreters from the touchline, so it, it is just Ange out there. But he knows how to communicate with his players, and you see that uh, in the relationship he has with them and the fact that they are willing to to fight for him. Uh, I would expect that. Uh, he is not going to agree to this job unless uh, he is given the conditions that he thinks he needs to succeed. And I imagine as part of that, that he will get uh, his backroom staff. Uh, he does have, you know, a full complement. They, I believe uh, Marinos have a uh, director of football or a sporting director. We have two or three different words in Japanese that's essentially refer to that sort of position. Uh, and, and they do have a, a great scouting team there that that's in part backed by CFG. Uh, so th they have all the resources that they need to, to get players who, uh, you know, you, you sort of wouldn't expect and, and yet they come in and perform really well. Uh, you especially see that in the quality of their Brazilian players, which uh, we refer to, it as sort of the the Brazilian capsule machine where you put in the coin and you spin the thing and you don't know what's going to come out. Either you've got a winner and he's going to score 10 goals and get you 15 assists, or you've got a loser and you just throw it out and pick someone else up in the off season. Uh, but Marinos have uh, gotten a bunch of winners. Uh, Marcos Jr., uh, who is their main man uh, up front, uh, is uh, he's a gem. Uh, they They have managed to do very well through loans and, and through getting these sort of relative unknowns uh, from Brazil and, and, and bringing them into the system. 
And uh, that is a, a skill in a league where uh, mediocre Brazilians are unfortunately sort of the norm. Uh, so uh, I would expect that he will come to Glasgow with his backroom staff and probably, uh, I, I know it's come up on your site, uh, but, but probably a, a, a list of players that he might be interested in. Uh, bringing over from Japan, uh, I don't know how well that's going to work out. That was that uh, was my next question. Who's who's the, you know, who who who's the, you know, who would he be looking to bring? Well, I, I, and I was about to congratulate uh, you guys for making actually one of the uh, noted sports tabloids here picked up that story about the three players. So, whew. um. Yeah, yeah. Sixty four hell hell is out there. It is being cited in Japanese media. Um, it it is uh, you know that is going to become an issue of its own this summer because I think the when when the Celtic fan sites are going to start speculating. But we don't speculate. You don't speculate. No. No, we try not to. We try to stick away from the tabloid um, type but, stuff. But but I think there will be some. I'm expecting you to call me and give me give me concrete okay. evidence. Okay, but 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 what's going to happen is that stuff's going to be published over there, and then Japanese media here who can't really tell the difference between but discussion <laughs> between bullshit and not are going to translate it in good faith, and then. Sky is going to report on Japanese newspapers reporting on the the cycle this has begun. Welcome to silly season. Uh, <laughs> Japanese silly season is a um, a thing of beauty and of horror, uh, but it is um, it's going to be fun. And, and I think that there there are legitimately uh, several players. Uh, who I think uh, are are going to be uh, good candidates uh, for you know to to be poached. I, I wouldn't say poached. Well, I guess yes, poached. Um, it's going to be you know uh, Dyson Maida is a name who's come up. Uh, he plays for Marinos. He is likely going to be a selection for the Olympic team. Uh, just, just a, a he, he looks like he was meant to wear hoops. I gotta say, um, he, he's, he's, he's 23. Give me that name like again. Give me that name da, again. Daizen Maida. He, he, he doesn't sound that he's a Japanese or an Australian. Is he German? Is he a German? No, head? he, he is, he is Japanese here. Let me, uh, I'll, I'll, I can even, um, Oh, I can't uh, share share with you right now, but I, I will post a a link uh, to what yeah, he looks send, like. Send me some more, and we'll have we'll have a look at him. Um, um just just uh, like th- th- I'm having nightmares when you mention Brazilian players, and I'm happy that some yeah. go because uh, Janino didn't walk out for us. We had him for a season, but he had a he had a thankless task of coming in, following Henrik Larsson as the number seven. But we also had a defender called Rafael Shoy. And he was shy by name and shy by nature. And Martin O'Neill wasn't long running him. He was signed under the the disappointing uh, reign of, of John Barnes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna leave our interview with that thought with, with 
Choice by name and choice by nature. I, I would certainly not recommend uh, uh, Japanese defenders are maybe not quite at the level uh, of physicality that you need in Scotland. Uh, you need someone like Hiroki Sakai, uh, who's played at Marseille for a few years, and and he's coming back to Japan this summer. I think you you uh, you need need the players like like him, like Yuto Nagatomo. Um, defenders are are we are working on defenders. We're great at making midfielders. We're getting there on strikers, wingers, no problem. Um, backs, we're working on it. Central, you know, center backs. It, it uh, really depends. Uh, you know, we have height issues in Japan, uh, but, you know, we still have some quality players. You look at Maya Yoshida, who's been playing in Europe uh, forever and a day. Uh, I forget what year he moved to Southampton, and now he's in uh, Italy these days, I believe. Uh, but he still, ha- you know, he he's still got it, and uh, he he's still uh, got one or two World Cups left in him. Uh, I think that if you're looking for attackers, if you're looking at midfielders, if you want a bargain, uh, you can do far worse than the J-League. You can do far worse than some of the Japanese players who are already in Europe uh, and and might have uh, an easier time getting the, that work permit, which I've heard is possibly a, this, this. I don't know if the standard for Scotland is the same as in England, uh, but that's something we've been discussing among us over uh, the last few days. Well, Dan, if you hear anything over there, don't forget to let us know. Drop us a, drop us a, a, um, a text, and we'll we'll all get following you on Twitter. I'll put I'll put your your details up in the in the description. Um, just all I can say is thank you very much, and maybe we'll meet one day in Japan or maybe in Philadelphia. Who knows? Maybe maybe over there. You know, I oh, me, you I've, might come to Scotland. I, you know, I I was supposed to. We we had talked about it. My my wife and I went to London a couple of years ago for our delayed honeymoon, and Scotland was sort of a maybe uh, itinerary, and it just didn't work out. And it's a dream. Uh, I, I've I've wanted to go over there and experience a game uh, for a long time, but uh, right now it's not happening in the near term. Um, no, that's true. It is. I, I've been. I'm banking vacation days like you wouldn't believe. And once this is all over, I just want to spend a month in Europe, ground hopping and uh, watching from the stands. And I look forward to seeing Ange work from the stands and not having to worry about what I'm going to ask him in the post match press conference. Uh, I've done my time. <laughs> it's not an easy job and good, good luck to all, uh, all the media in Scotland uh, who, who have that unenviable task. No, um, I, I prefer a point for the lads in the pub to, to dissect the game than having to go into post-match. Conference. Yeah, you know what? I don't blame you. Um, he, but I, you know, just, just to wrap things up, he has, it has been a joy to watch his football uh, take root in the J league and, and to see him accomplish this, um, his success is our success as the, the Japanese football community. It's our success as the Asian football community and hopefully it'll be Celtic success. And, well, uh, yeah. Time will tell Dan if he's going to come or not. And if you do come to Glasgow, hook me up, look me up and I'll sort you out with a couple of tickets. How does that sound? Sounds sounds perfect. I, I absolutely appreciate it. I uh, won't wear. I guess. Well, this is dark enough blue. I think that's the thing. Got to watch out. You know, for, forgive the Marinos fans for their blue uniforms. They know not what they do. 
Um, I've been told that there was talk of a so of of some Marinos and Celtic fans doing making a split scarf, and they decided that that wouldn't go over well. Um, half and half. No, can't do that. I, 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 you know what? I, I am. I collect weird half and half scarves uh, as as part of my my massive collection, but that's one that I'm sure will never. Uh, well, maybe, will never maybe, come into being. You know, with the way football is going these days, maybe part of the deal, if he does come, will be that Celtic will have to play them in a in a, in a friendly. So uh, you know who, what? Who, who knows? You know, there will be there might be a half and half scarf. Ange's Celtic against Marinos here in, in you know in in Yokohama at Nissan. That'd be a fantastic night. You look at how uh, how well they did against uh, Manchester City a couple of years back. You know, I mean, yes, it's a friendly, but yeah, it, it, it's quality. When when two quality teams play each other, doesn't matter who's on the pitch. You can tell the quality, and certainly can. You know. Well, hopefully, hopefully, we're getting out of the way days to Japan. I'm sure the lads be they be rubbing their hands, going, you know, just tell the missus I'm going to football, or the missus will tell the lads. I'm going to football and we'll all head off to Japan for it. Uh, you know what? I, I uh, you know, not the same sport, but I covered the Rugby World Cup here a couple of years back. Uh, Scotland fans were amazing. It was such an incredible experience. Um, that was my first time ever covering anything rugby related. And I, I followed that tournament from start to finish. And it was such a pleasure to have such dedicated sports fans over here. And I, I don't know if there's sort of a, a, the code wars, <laughs> you know, b- b- well, between uh, things, you know. Well, in Ireland, I can only speak for, because I'm based in Ireland. I, um, yeah, rugby would certainly be played by the upper classes in, in, in from, well, especially in the, in the province I'm in, which is Leinster. And uh, football would be more of a working class sport. But over here, we've also got, like you, like in Australia with the Aussie rules, we've also got the GAA. Mm-hmm. Gaelic football and hurling, and uh, that's the big thing over here. So, yeah, that, and that—that's a game. That's a game I know nothing about. Uh, you, you could put a gun to my head, and I wouldn't be able to tell you anything. Well, if you ever get a chance to go to a, watch a hurling match, go to it because it'll be the greatest spectacle. I, Jackie McNamara was the Celtic captain, and he was over doing a charity event for us, and he went to the All Ireland final hurling final. And the next day, he said, "He said to me, he said." I can't believe that those people don't get paid. The players yeah. don't get paid. He couldn't believe it because 80,000 in the stadium and, and, and a wonderful uh, game with a stick. That's the way he described it. Anyway, 80,000 80, in the stadium, that sure sounds nice, doesn't it? That's Crow Park. Yeah, and if you ever get to Ireland, you know, you definitely check out a holding game. I'd love to. My, 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 folks, my folks have been there before. I haven't uh, made it out yet, but, you know, uh, European tour, I'm there for it. I will uh, meet you anywhere. And uh, no you problem. Know. You're welcome anytime. You can come into the you can come into the studio here as well and have a chat with us if you if you if you're passing by. And I hope you know. Look, any 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 Celtic fans listening to this, uh, once once you're allowed to travel to Japan again, you know there, there's a number of there's there's a pretty decent Celtic supporter group here in Tokyo, and uh, that's correct. We're yeah. all about uh, come to a J League game. I promise you. Um, we can get into this another. You know, this is another conversation altogether. But the best, um, one of the best match day atmospheres and experiences in the world. Um, and and I've seen quite a few, and I say that with confidence. Uh, we are very proud of our league, and uh, we have 
amazing football, amazing food, uh, just you know, amazing fans. And uh, it, it's like nothing else you'll ever see. Well, Dan, ho- thank you so much for giving us not only an insight into Ange, uh, who, who you speak very uh, well about, I have to say. He's, he's obviously made a, a big impression on you and, and Japanese football. But also, thanks for giving us an insight into Japanese football. It's been a pleasure to chat to you, and hopefully it won't be the last time. Thank you very much. Anytime. I, I hope I've managed to calm your fears a little. You have indeed. And folks, don't forget to hit the subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. And we'll also have it out on audio on the podcast, on the Celtic Soul podcast. So thanks for listening and thanks for watching. And thank you, Dan. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.